The voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seat. 204-780-6868. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Win over the Calgary Stampeders 24-11 on Friday. And we are all just in the uh, afterglow and looking ahead to Ottawa on Saturday. Uh, Favorite moment from the Calgary game? Uh, oof. Winning, I think, is <laughs> always good. Um, it was nice to see, you know, Greg McRae have that kind of success. It was pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see him score on that misfield goal return, but that's okay. He ran, people said, well, Janari and Grant scored. Greg ran through a lot of traffic. He had a lot of bodies to contend yep. with. Janarian yep. kind of bubbled around him and then got through, I mean, broke 10 tackles. Not to, not to dismiss that, but they were just different returns in my mind. Yeah. They were, it was super impressive. Yeah. Uh, well blocked. Yeah. And then his touchdown as well. Zach gives a little, little pump. And then Greg just keeps just running by everybody. It's, it's just before we jump to the phones, Steve's on the line, just watching what one false step for a defender can do. It, it just caught me today. Um, it looked like Brandon Dozier takes one step toward the under, and then all of a sudden the play is just over for him. You go, wow, these guys really have to be exact in what they do. Yeah, pro sports. Yeah. It's pro sports. It, it, hockey, baseball. I mean, they're, everything's basketball. Everything's exact. Yeah. Right? You You need to have your eyes in the right spot, and you need to eliminate, like you said, all those false steps and, and be right. Yeah. And that's then, just to give yourself a chance to make well, a play, <laughs> you know, right. Doesn't mean you're going to finish the play, but every, that's to give yourself a chance to make a play. Yeah. Are you fast enough? And what happens at the catch point would be so many reasons. I never became a pro athlete, but I'm here talking about pro athletes and pro football. And we're excited. 204-780-6868. Steve is with us up first on the phone line. Steve, thank you for your call. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good evening. Uh, uh, coach, I know you're very much a one game at a time coach, which I love, by the way. And, and Ottawa's up next. And you've beaten them five, six, seven times in a row, something like that. And as you're well aware, Mazzoli, which you even, it stinks that he's out. I don't like it, but but he's out. So having said that, what's the, like, if your players start thinking too far ahead of the next game, do you have a way of saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, we're not, t- we're not talking about beyond Ottawa. We're focused here on Ottawa, and anyone else in this locker room that talks about anything other than Ottawa better smarten up. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm sounding abrasive, but I'm just wondering how you handle that. Ah, we're, who cares about Ottawa? Do you make sure that they're extremely focused on Ottawa and that's it or else? Well, they've been that way for years. I think, um, you know, the joke about taking one game at a time as that, you know, I think the media would be upset with that a bunch of years ago. And I think now they just have, they're resigned to the fact that that's the way we do it. And they might, the media might even at this point think, wow, you know what? I think they might be doing it right. So, um, you know, we talk about cliches or people talk about cliches. Well, it's because they're true and you really can only focus on the task right in front of you um, if you want to get the most out of that and get the best result out of that task you're, you're doing. So 
I think our guys will find it uh, fairly easy to focus on Ottawa. They've been doing it for quite some time. And, um, and once again, the, the, the veteran leadership we have will make sure that that's what's going on in the locker room. Steve, thank you so, Steve, thank you so much for being with us. Come on in, 204-780-6868 for your calls and your texts. You can also get me on Twitter, at DT on OB, and we'll uh, pass your question along to the head coach. Gord is curious. Coach, was that fourth quarter drive the most time-consuming one you've ever been involved with? It, it's it got to be very close if it's not. I, I, I haven't gone back and looked at any stats to see. That would be your department, Derek. So uh, <laughs> it looks like he's got some information there for us. But it was uh, it was obviously very pleasing to not allow a Calgary offense back on the field um, is is pretty good. Defense did a great job, you know, for basically three quarters, shutting them out, and then that fourth quarter, it's a little easier to shut a team out when they never get on the field. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, Willie Jefferson in the post game show. Were you were you mad? You didn't get to play some? Nah, they're fine. They they were doing it for us. It's fine. I'll get out there and I'll do it later. I'm fine with it. Uh, what did I find? This was a, this was a 15 play drive uh, in 2021. You had a 15 play drive in week two against Toronto that went for 55 yards. In I remember and I remember this vividly in the Banjo Bowl in 2019. You guys opened that game with a 15 play, essentially 100 yard drive that went for a touchdown. And I was in the other booth going, oh, God, this game is this game's already. Oh, boy, this one's in, in real trouble. That one took almost nine minutes. And 2018 week two against Montreal, the opening drive was 16 plays for 73 yards and ended with a field goal uh, taking seven and a half minutes. They are rare, but uh, I'm assuming as much as guys want to play football, they all enjoy seeing that time get churned, you know, get churned with with a two score lead, knowing that this is helping us win substantially. Yeah, I guess if uh, you were to flip it around, it's it's better in the fourth quarter when guys maybe need a rest. In the first quarter, if it's the first drive, then guys are cold when they go back out there. So, I, I, yeah, it's good. It's good when it happened. Did you pull in the Banjo Bowl in 19? Did you pull Strebler aside and go, give give the defense a chance, man? Come on. Yeah. Because two drives later, you kind of did the same thing. And we're like, oh, no, this is this is this game's done already. Yeah, I don't remember 2019 or much of it. So it was a, it was a it was a suffocating performance. It was it was beautifully done, and uh, this one uh, essentially ended this game. Uh, and we uh, we very much enjoyed it from the booth. Uh, let's take uh, some of the uh, texts at 204-780-6868. David says, uh, "Hey, Derek, my observation: the McCray touchdown set up from the wide receiver screen, the play before." Uh, my favorite part of the game, the guy in the stands from Vegas erupting and cheering all the shirts he was pulling off. Good luck on Saturday, Mike. Uh, will you wear 14 t-shirts to the game and pull one off if stuff happens? The fans got I, used to I that. I did happen to catch a glimpse of that. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, Greg McCray, uh, fans, a lot of fans are kind of catching up to him, even though he did play last season. Did you, did you know this was, this was there? This was in him? Yep, Absolutely. Receiver, returner, uh, all the guys running the from team, running back. All the guys on the team understand how how smooth and athletic, how capable he is of doing, uh, you know, taking on multiple roles and being successful at them. So he's he's worked hard to uh, you know improve as a as a receiver and and stay up on all the running back duties, the protections, all that. And um, yeah, I think the, the guys in the locker room have a lot of faith in in Greg. 
The one thing it it sort of makes me wonder is, and you don't have to tell me who they are, but are there other players on the practice roster where that that could be major contributors like this? You always hope so. Um, you you believe that the guys you have in your practice roster, if they if they get in a game, are gonna obviously they're gonna know what they they have to do, and you believe that they once again can help you win football games. That's why they're. Here, right? That's mm. why we keep them. If we didn't think that, we wouldn't keep them around. Sometimes it's out of their control, right? Sometimes there's movement on the practice roster that just is nothing to do except have a, a roster move on the other side of the ball, possibly due to something that's completely out of everybody's control, um, which is, you know, always unfortunate. But yeah, the guys, the guys we have in our building, there's. Yeah, there's a lot of players that can that can make plays. Yeah, because as you look at as you watch rosters progress week to week for a team, you go sometimes it's literally just circumstance that keeps guys off, right? It's not that they don't deserve to be on, but we need to make this move in, on the ratio, or this guy's on because this guy's on the suspended list. In the case of Kenny Lawler, guys guys get opportunities, I and mean, we we might never have known, but we we know Greg McRae now as bomber fans. Yeah, you know it's it once again there there are always uh, many points during the season where something comes up that is um, just a, a different situation and it really has um, not much to do with their playing, <laughs> you yeah. know, has to do with other things. Uh, I'll take, for example, Nick Dembski, you know, he's having a baby and it changes the roster for other people, right? Yeah. So it's uh, It's interesting how it shakes down. And it's just part of pro football, right? Before we hit the break, because I suspect it's a short answer to the question, any update on Kenny Lawler no. I'm getting asked? No. Confirmed. No update on Kenny Lawler. It's 7.15. More with the head coach on Mike O'Shea. 204 It's the Coach's Show on 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coach's Show on 680 CJOB. Coach's show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb Canola Seed. Your texts and calls at 204-780-6868. Ryan is on Twitter. Uh, It says, Coach, what made you decide to have Jamison Sheehan punt instead of going for a long field goal? The punt was nice and almost pinned him, but just curious, why not try Castillo? I think it would have been 51 or 52 going north. Yeah, into a wind. It was uh, early in the game. The wind was about 18 coming from the north straight down the, no matter what the flags say, at the other end, it was basically coming down the pipe. So um, that's what we do in warm-up, right? Early outs, the kickers and punters go out and the returners, and they work all hashes, all directions, and figure out their marks. And that's what we go into the game with. And then we change them as the weather changes, possibly as the game changes, as the situation changes. But we head into every game with a basically a, a, a max line that we're going to trot the field goal kicker out with. Once again, it moves slightly, but that was that was not our line. We hadn't hit it yet. And we talked about it on the coaches show last year, and we kind of allude to it in our post game interviews. You you're tracking the weather as it's progressing through the game. You're forecasting kind of what will it be like in the third and fourth quarter for certain decisions. Yeah, I want to. You want to have a, a good overview of it prior to the game so you can 
um, you know, use the coin toss to your advantage if possible. It doesn't always work out that way. Um, but if you get, if you win a toss, a coin toss, then you have the opportunity to um, make the decisions you want to make. If you lose the coin toss, well, you're at the mercy of the decisions the other team makes. Yeah. But a lot goes into it. It's not just, uh, you know, oh, I hope he makes it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, before we go to Alan on the phone line, just one final one. The conversations you would have with your kicker, in this case, Sergio Castillo, are they, where do you feel good from in this direction or where do you feel good? Or there or is it, does it go deeper than that? Cause I assume he's got a pretty good, well, his experience would be. Fantastic. No, they have an exact, they, through their warm up, they have come up with an exact line. Uh, Paul Boudreau, our special teams coordinator communicates with them. I usually sit out there and, and watch them. Uh, take a look at the both sides, what both sides are doing and, and what that looks like. And then Boo and I talk right before the game and he gives me, you know, the numbers going, going both directions. Um, they're always a little more conservative than possibly the, the kicker, but we have to manage the game, uh, the entire game, um, you know, all three phases, not just yeah, uh, one guy. Yeah, I it, it sent me looking. Sergio is really impressive. I think he's seventy one percent from fifty plus in his career, which is a crazy, uh, crazy number for a Canadian Football League kicker. Alan is with us on the phone line. Alan, thank you so much for your call. And what's your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea? Good evening, gentlemen. Janarian Grant, how badly hurt is he, and can we expect him back soon? Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I one know. of those things that you, on a daily basis, you check with the. Uh, you check with the player and talk to him and see how they're feeling. And you leave him in the hands of Al Couture, who's the best trainer in the, in the league bar none. And, um, the player works very hard and they get back as, as quickly as they can. What that looks like for Jerry. And I don't know yet. It's too early. I like, yeah. Yeah. I like your response. That's good. So it doesn't sound too serious. Ah, I, you just, you put a lot of faith over the years. You put a lot of faith in the players that they're, they're going to work right. extremely hard to get back and um, also understanding that we're never going to put a player in a position where they're taking the field and put themselves at risk. Sometimes we have to hold players back. A lot of times you have to hold players back. Okay, guys. Thank you. Have a yep. good evening. Thank you. Alan, thank you so much for your call at 204-780-6868. Uh, just because uh, I can see you face-to-face, are there any casts or crutches involved with Janarian Grant? I'm trying to read you like Matt Damon, Wooden I, Rounders. I saw him smiling today. Okay, so his face is good. His teeth look like they're in one. Okay, his teeth were not damaged in the hit. No, they were not. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to do the the Matt Damon reading, and I, I could not uh, could not quite get there. Uh, yeah, Janarian getting a little a little run on offense in this game, and uh, unfortunately, he was a little bit worse for wear on the other side of it. 204-780-6868. Zach is on Twitter, says, how come Nick Dembski only had three touches? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So when we play a team and we shut down their top receiver, you know, it's not that they didn't try or didn't want. Just we had a game plan that limited a guy's ability, right? Teams have to decide what they're going to do and how they're going to attack our offense. And um, Buck always has, you know, multiple options for the quarterback um, to get through a play. And sometimes it works out that it's just not that guy's day. 
but uh, he does a great job of Buck does a great job of you know changing the formations and spreading the ball around and trying to get everybody involved. And at the end of the day, the stat sheet says something, you know, for each guy. But uh, to a man, if if we win, they're happy if they threw a good block, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dembski and I, I didn't, I can't remember who the other receiver was on Rashid Bailey's touchdown. Uh, Dembski and another guy threw through. They weren't blocks per se, but they appeared to be uh, setting a pick at the edge of the key in the NBA and and allowed Rashid Bailey to get wide open, just helping out, doing so. Yeah, if he was behind line of scrimmage, you can block. Oh, he, w- he would have been downfield, right? He, it, it looked like a pick play. On his uh, touchdown, I think he was behind line was, of scrimmage. Was going south. Oh, Bailey. Well, Bailey would have been behind yeah. the line of scrimmage, I, yes. I believe. I was thinking Dembski and another guy. Yeah, they're allowed to block downfield if, Bailey catch, if they catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, really? Yes. There you go. Write that down. Look at that. He's got his rule book out. Okay. He's, he's redoing it. Page 39. Because- you're looking for a reference. <laughs> I was I was giving them I was giving them props in the post game for their guile and their craft of like well I'm not going to I'm not doing anything illegal I'm just I'm in the space yeah, that you may want to, to occupy I'd have to look at it again uh, I may be talking out of turn but I'm I'm if it's pretty blocked. sure he's behind the line of scrimmage and as long as you catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage you can block downfield write that down there this, he goes he's we're, we'll pause here for a moment I, there'll be dead air for a second while I, I love, Derek consults his book I love learning new things I'm yeah. I, I'm good with I'm good I do with, too I do too I'll have to like I said I'll have to go back and watch the play actually I'm not gonna go watch the play but I'm pretty sure he's behind it'll be uh I've gotten through the first half in charting the game so I'll get to see it but I was I was just very happy for everybody involved and to see Rashid Bailey get into the end zone and to see the bombers win it 24 to 11 over the Calgary Stampeders now four and one in the season the Stampeders at one and three. We will take a break. More of your calls and texts at 204-780-6868. The Coaches Show at 680 CJ. The Proline Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. They are ready to be your number one canola seed. 204-780-6868 for your texts and calls for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Like Daryl of North Battleford, Saskatchewan sent us a text. Uh, Careful. This, this, well, I pulled up. This is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, He said he enjoyed coming to practice on Thursday. He said his only question for you is, do you walk to IG Field on game day like you walk to Mosaic Stadium in Regina? We met you last year on Grey Cup Sunday when you were walking to the stadium. You were so friendly to my son, my wife, and I. A memory I will never forget. Thank you, he says. Uh, I, I can't. I'd have to leave fairly early in the morning to walk to the stadium on game day. I do ride my bike the odd time. Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. It's uh, Daryl is, you can tell the way he, he writes this whole thing. He's very uh, appreciative of you taking some time uh, en route to the great cup game. That's, and that's a Regina is not the nicest city in the world, but that's a, that's oh, a nice some, little walk from the downtown to the stadium. There, there's some nice streets. There's some, I generally take some side streets and wander around and hit the same coffee spot. And, you know, Two for five junior whoppers at that no, one on Albert no, Street. No, there's a Dairy oh. Queen right on the corner. Oh, the Elphinstone DQ you is the go place to, to go. Queen. Yes. You absolutely got to hit that one yes. up. That is uh, that is very good. I, I want to take you around the uh, Canadian Football League over the weekend. Uh, Jeremiah Masoli, Ottawa reveals today he ruptured his Achilles on his return from an ACL. Your reaction to Masoli? Well, it's uh, sad for, you know, 
one way to look at it um, on a personal note, right? I think from a league standpoint, it's 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 too bad for the league. He's a a good quarterback and a good leader um, for you know the Red Black franchise. It's got to be tough, and um, but most importantly, obviously for for Jeremiah and his family, it's uh, another long road uh, to go down and. Will test anybody, you know. That kind of recovery after recovery will test. Um, yeah, put you through the ringer. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure he's got a great support network and uh, everybody in the league. Obviously, it's you know not good. Everybody sharing their same the same sentiments. We we need him in the league. There are reports Ottawa is going to inquire about McLeod Bethel Thompson. Farhan Lalji saying he expects one of the quarterbacks they will have in camp this week is Tyrell Pigram. Uh, what can you? What can they expect from Tyrell Pigram? Yeah, exciting guy, terrific athlete. Um, you know he'll he'll learn the book and go out there and make things happen, especially when plays break down. And then the one that started the week was Edmonton and Saskatchewan with. 12-11 being the final of of that one. Did you have a chance to watch that game? Is yeah, I watched prepper- it. What did you make of the way that uh, the 12th point was scored for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Um, yeah, it's tough for Edmonton. It's good for Sask, right? It's, <laughs> it's one of those things. For folks who didn't see, uh, Saskatchewan drives late to make the game 11-9, gets a two-point convert. Brett Lawther booms the kickoff. C.J. Sims lets it... Well, it gets over his head, and then it rolls into the end zone, and our compatriots at 6.30 chatted to Edmonton were like, CJ, you got to get the ball and bring it out of the end zone, as if he did not appear to know he had to bring the ball out of the end zone in that time, or it would be a better play in that time, which leads to the question of, if that's your team, and they're kicking off to you in a tie game with 60 seconds left, what gets conveyed to the returner in that moment? Or how does it, or how does it happen? Yeah, you, you, you've got to bring it out. You've got to remain penalty-free. We want to get as many yards as possible, so in case we have to punt. If they've got a timeout left, it's it's hard to run down the entire clock, so you've got to be efficient with what you do and use the time wisely. And um, Yeah, we, we would have a plan for that, obviously. Um, but they, they still had a chance to put themselves in field goal range, right? And a pass got picked off, too, so... Um, you know, in those situations, in football in general, it's never one play, right? That's what gets remembered. But there are 140 other plays prior to that where, you know, things can happen, right? So it's tough that they were in that position and that and then that happened. But I'm sure they'll be better for it. They'll learn and be better for it, so. On on the bombers sideline, would everybody be saying, "Hey, by the way, you"? I mean, you would have veteran returners at this point, but if it was someone remotely, hey, no matter what, you got to bring yeah. you got to bring this out. Like, I mean, a coach Paul Boudreaux would say, Paul Boudreau meets with the returner before he takes the field, right? So, anytime there's a return involved, kick returns easy because you're standing on the sideline talking to them. Punt return, you have to make the transition um, with you know the the game already flowing, right? So. Um, the communication is is there, and it's there's a certain set of very exact uh, instructions, and then the ball gets kicked, and nothing's exact after that, <laughs> right? It's it's not a round ball. It bounces funny, and um, the field's large, and 
things things go awry for every team, not just not just Edmonton. Yeah, there's been, you know, I made mistakes this last game too. And I haven't seen anything from Edmonton which indicates it was this guy's fault or it was that guy's fault or it was Why this person's you? fault. Yeah. And that's that's the Why point I wanted you? to make. That I'm glad I yeah, haven't seen you that. You can't run a team, that, and that nobody's going to do that. You know, you can't. You you would yeah you can't you can't do that in a team environment. Yeah, nobody's once again nobody's talking about blame and fault, right? Those are words that are used outside of the room in at a lot of places outside of the room, but not inside the room <laughs> ever. Let's get back to the phone lines. Brian is with us at 204-780-6868. Brian, thank you for your call. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hi guys. I'm going off what you're just talking about. Um, if a player, like if he's taking a field, shouldn't he know what he's supposed to do at that point? Or do you think it is a coach error? Like not telling him that he should take it out. Once again, I've been on the other side where I thought I knew what I was doing too, and then the ball gets snapped and, you know, the play gets going and there's an excitement level and you you have things figured out in your mind the way it's supposed to go and it doesn't necessarily go that way, right? You come to the sideline and you learn. But, I, yeah, yeah so you're asking a question I can't answer. I'm not in their room. I'm not on their sideline. I'm not in their huddle and I wouldn't want anybody else answering questions about, about our team. So I'm not answering questions about their team either. Right. We're one, the first and the major one is we just don't know. And no matter what the commentators say, you know, I, I, I love our broadcasts. I'm a big fan of the CFL, any broadcast, you talk about any game, any sport, whatever, when, when they comment on, this is what it's supposed to be. They don't know. <laughs> the fact is they don't know what was called. They don't know what was the instructions that were given. You don't. Um, so if I consider myself maybe a little bit knowledgeable about the game, I'm still admitting that I have no clue what his instructions were. And I have another question. Let's just say he creates a no yards penalty and the end zone gets tackled in the end zone. Where would the ball be placed? Uh, that's a great question. I don't spend a lot of time on the applications because the officials can do that and the command center can fix it. So let me see. It's applied now from the – it's 15 from the 10, I believe. So or maybe it's 15 from the 15 now. It might be 15 up from the 15. So it could be at the 30. That's a great question. It might be at the 25, but I think it's at the 30 now. Well, and there wouldn't have been no yards on that one. Is it oh, no, oh, not on a kickoff. Sorry, on that you're, kick, you're yeah. asking on a kickoff. Yeah. On a punt, yes, there's a possibility of no yards. On a kickoff, there's no no yards on a kickoff. Everybody's on side on a kickoff. Yeah. Awesome. Brian, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate you being with us on the Coach's Show at 680. CJOB. Uh, let's do it. Let's bring in Rob before we hit the break. Rob, thanks for your call. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Uh, hey, gentlemen. Um, just a couple of quick things, Mike. Um you had to feel for that guy that uh, gave up the safety in the Edmonton game. I assume you, you've seen it? Yep. Uh, so he was an American, was he not? He was. CJ yeah. Sims, yeah. Yeah. Um, would, the, would the special teams coach not kind of make sure that he knew what to do? <laughs> you, you would hope so. You know, like get the ball out of the end zone. Yeah, Rob, we, yeah, we've been hitting it for about five minutes. Everybody – 
I saw it. I saw it suggested online. In fact, well, I don't mind giving up the single point there. And I thought, woof, that would be very because a field goal wins either way. I thought that's that's a very playing with fire strategy if you're willing to concede the lead under non extraordinary circumstances. Oh yeah, I mean, even if he could have got it out to the two or three yard line, I mean, you know, worst case scenario, they would have punted the ball back to Saskatchewan if they didn't uh, make a first down. But that zero and four looks pretty. Pretty brutal. Um, <clears throat> secondly, the uh, the one play that uh, Montreal made on the pick uh, for on Adams. I don't, know, Mike. What did you think? Uh, you know, I I didn't see if that was really uh, defensive pass interference. Like the guy ran right into him. He basically just reacted. I mean, as far as I could see, and I watched that play numerous times because I taped the game. But uh, I thought that was a, a pretty soft. Uh, call on when he ran the ball back for a touchdown i think it was in the yeah it was a good it was a good break uh the ball was thrown slightly behind maybe a little late um pick six to start the game i think it changes the tone of the game um we'll wait you know just wait and see what the league comes out with uh regarding that call you know so it certainly is a game changer um either way right you if the Play gets play stands as a touchdown. It's a, it's it's pretty interesting the way the game might unfold, but you never know, right? And then uh, it doesn't stand, and they go down and drive for a touchdown. So possible fourteen point swing, you know, whatever. Whether it's whether, whatever I believe doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it's how the game's being officiated on that given day. So once again, I'll I'll be interested to see what the league says on that. Rob, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate you being with us on the Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. We'll break more of your texts and calls when we return. It is the Coaches Show, 680 CJOB. The Proline Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. 204-780-6868 with the coach for another seven minutes or so. Kate has been patiently waiting on the phone. Kate, thank you for your call. What's your question for the head coach? Welcome back for another wonderful season, uh, Coach. Uh, Good to have you back in the fold. Thank you. Question about expansion um a couple questions do you have a preference i know i've heard some talk that team 10 uh, either the far east coast or another team in ontario which i'm not so sure about and if we were to get a 10th team how would they um uh, field that team like would you have to give up players like they do in the nhl uh do you have any idea what that would look like i'll hang up and listen Good luck going forward. Yeah, a team in the East is preferred so that they can, you know, and a 10th team I think is necessary. It would help the schedule out. Um, Certainly uh, the East Coast would be interesting because it would make it coast to coast then, which, you know, we see how um, well attended the Grey Cup game is. It is a national party, you know, so you'd like a team on the, I would like a team on the East Coast. I'd like definitely like a 10th team. There would be an expansion type of draft. There was one years ago uh, when Ottawa came back. Um, So there would be some sort of system where you'd protect players and leave players unprotected and they would pick from that. But uh, I think it's certainly uh, um, something that the league, the commissioner, the board of governors really has to go after 
um, and and try to make work. Um, and it may it may take some time and may be costly in the beginning, but I think it's a very worthwhile endeavor. I mean, shoot, yeah, we need it. Yeah, as a, as a fan, not seeing home and home against every team in the league drives me uh, a little bit bonkers. So, Kate, I think we're we're all on board for the uh, the tenth team. David is with us on line line two. David, thank you for your call. Your question for the head coach. Hi, I'm calling from BC. I'm a 54 year old Blue Bomber fan, football player too originally, but that's not the point. The point is, I want to know about Coach O'Shea's culture. Where are the basics for this culture that you've created? And you have created a culture. Players talk about it. It's something that's heard over and over over the last few years. I'm just very interested in um, how and where you think um, you've gathered, uh, you know, the material to create this culture that, you know, players will lose. Big Hill took less money to play for you, which he's my favorite player. But, uh, um, you know, that says something. So I'm just curious uh, – and uh, you're doing a great job. I really like how you handle the media. <laughs> I love the way you don't tell them anything. And um, David, I'm sitting right here, I man. Come on. Enjoy your you. Thank you very much, <laughs> David. Derek's upset. Ah. He feels feels like he's being handled here. Throw me under the bus. <laughs> yeah, Derek's really good. I, I'm, he's taking over for Bob, and that's great. But Derek, uh, oh yeah. The coach will give you what he wants, and that's it. You got to encourage him to be an open book. It's it's a learning experience for us all. But uh, yeah. Uh, coach, uh, yeah, culture. I mean, it's not all the land of milk and honey. You know, it's it's hard work, yeah. and honestly, uh, the players do all the heavy lifting. They really do. You, you know, I do believe we have shifted uh, very nicely. Um, even though you do need athletes, you do need. Um, a, a certain level of athleticism to play pro anything, right? I do believe we've shifted um, a little bit away from 10 years ago, how fast can they run, how high can they jump, to um, can they physically play the game and will they fit? And, you know, I think as we sort of transition to that, then you accumulate uh, a high degree of of character in a locker room and you just leave them be. <laughs> I don't, I don't interfere with, uh, with how they want to run it. You know, um, there's an ever growing group of leaders in that room that work extremely well together. Um, nobody's climbing over each other to try and be the leader. They realize that they are all better served with, uh, a whole bunch of them aligned in how they um, how they want the team to be and where they see the team going, and uh, they are aligned. They are a tremendous group of high character individuals, and it's not you know, like I said, it's not without its challenges and its tests throughout every season uh, we've been together. But it is a lot of fun to sit back and and watch these guys work not only on the field, but off the field too. And um, it's pretty cool to hear, hear how they get it going. David, thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks, David. Appreciate you giving us a call at 204-780-6868. Uh, let's see if we can squeeze in Jerry before the end of the show. Jerry, thanks for your call. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Uh, thanks, Derek. Hi, coach. Uh, I heard you mention earlier, and I'll 
update on Kenny Lawler's situation, but my question is uh, regarding Kenny or any other player that is suspended, are they completely ineligible to be uh, doing anything or interact with the team? No meetings, no no practice or anything like that? Yep, no meetings, no practice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and re- regarding Drew Brown, is he uh, okay and back uh, to work and on the field for the next game? Yeah, I expect to see him. I expect to see him uh, around shortly. Great. Thank yep. you. Jerry, thank you so much for your call at 204-780-6868. Mel, I got 60 seconds. Bring it home, man. Hi there. Hi, Coach. How are you? Good, Mel. How you doing? Good. There was some, I read something about one of the, uh, uh, Mr. Ambrosi was talking about sometime in July or August they were going to institute something so you could see the velocity, how high the ball is going, how fast it's going. Yeah, they're 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 talking, and I think they've experimented with some chipped footballs. I mean, that's all part of the genius sports kind of interaction broadcast that they want. Um, they want to give more data, uh, more uh, interesting points and facts about the game as it goes along. And I think a chipped football is is how they're going to implement it, along with a pole pilot technology that myself and uh, Derek probably don't understand. Well, Derek might understand it. I don't understand it. <laughs> Is that going to happen, or? Wow, well, we'll wait and see. It's it's coming, Mel. the The commissioner had said they'll they'll have things ironed out. He figured by July. We're in July, and we're waiting to see. It's still kind of tough to get stats uh, for the games that have happened, but uh, things are happening in the Canadian Football League. And Commissioner Ambrosi promises that uh, that it will make big uh, changes. Thank you, Mike O'Shea. We'll see you tomorrow at practice as you get ready for Saturday in Ottawa. Thank you so much to you for your texts and your calls. The Coaches Show on six eighty CJOB.